0: Thanks for listening to
1: the Ron and Don Show. Please hit subscribe.
0: All right, you guys. Welcome to episode 251 now of the Ron and Don Show, live from the Les Schwab studio.
1: What is up, Ron and Don Nation?
0: Picture perfect day in the great Pacific Northwest. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for being here. Don't forget, licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need our help, buying and selling, Just need to chat about something right now. Go to ronanddonsittown.com. And you can write Ron directly and we'll get signed up for a sit-down today. Doing lots of sit-downs right now. And we are here for you to kind of find out where you're at on your real estate journey and then BOOM! We'll meet you there. Sometimes people are just getting started and they have a lot of questions. It can be very confusing Uh, and there's a lot of money and a lot of contracts involved, hundreds of pages of paper sometimes. Or if you use a paperless pipeline like we do, just hundreds of pages of emails to read. So, we are here to help to make it easy for you. And uh, if you found yourself at a life inflection point, uh, let's talk. Run uh and we'd love to hear from you today. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, you're, you just wrote something for the newsletter, right? That we're talk about. Yeah, it's
1: it's five of the biggest myths we're finding as a, as for we, we talk to buyers, and we've been having some sit downs with a few buyers, and they just have some. Things in their brain that is not actually accurate. Yeah.
0: Also, Amazon has has Amazon gone lawless. Talk about that There's a new article out today uh, talking about how many vendors on there are competing with under other vendors and the things that they are willing to do to make a sale. And is Amazon complicit in that? Before we get to that though. Let's get to this. And this might be a no brainer. Ron, we see this, uh, in real estate a lot. COVID-19 has changed the way that we live. It has changed the way that we want to live. Things that we're willing to accept It has also changed the way that we play. Uh, it has changed the way that we work. And in some ways, people are saying, hey, what, what happened to me? During COVID-19, and I, and, I, and I talked about this, my friend BJ Shea taught me this when, when we're no longer at Terrestrial Radio. He said, Don, don't forget, we were at a, a pizza place just over on Mercer Island. He said, this will determine the rest of your future uh, as a broadcaster, as a father, as a friend, a partner. This will determine. He said, if you see this life event of losing your job at Terrestrial Radio, that this happened to you, and you, you, and you look at that through a victim's eyes. Uh, it will color the rest of your days, in, in in the way that you live. It'll also color the way that your that your son looks at his life. You can either look at this: this happened to you, and you're a victim, or this happened for me. This happened for me. And he said, "You know what? He said those are two very different paths that you can choose." I see that with COVID-19, Ron. There's a lot of people that feel like, holy crap, this happened to me. There's other people that say, hey, you know what? There's some lemonade to drink here. This, this, this happened for me. Yeah,
1: I was just having this conversation the other day with someone. I was like, what are the things that have been good about COVID for you? And one of them for me, one, and it's starting to, it's going away. There was a good stretch of time where traffic was back to like 1998 levels where you could actually drive to the airport and in, in 20 minutes, or you could get from uh, your house to Fred Meyer in a reasonable amount of time. It is, it's creeping back up dramatically, but that was pretty nice. But the other one, and, and I'm hoping ever there, there's no offense taken with this. I, I like the introductory zoom meeting. I think, not not back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back Zooms, but when you just are having your first meeting, so let's say we're doing a run-and-on sit-down. We don't know if we're a good fit yet. Like, someone may have listened to us for a long time. Uh, They may think that we would be a good realtor, a good team member for them in buying or selling a house, but we don't know yet, and vice versa. We may, from our side of the table, go, it's a good fit, it's not a good fit. And so... Being able to grab a cup of coffee in my kitchen, walk into my office and log on to Zoom to have that first 45 minute meeting. I think that's great. and I hope it stays around. Uh, I think we can all kind of raise our Zoom game and there's some technolo- technological developments that are afoot to make that a little more personable and to make it a little more natural than the way it's, it's sort of taped together right now. But as just an introductory meeting. And then if it's like, Hey, I like your presentation have a good feeling about this. I would like to take the next step. Uh, now we, let's meet in person. Now let's get in our cars and get showered up and drive to the park. Like now, like I think the cultural shift there is valuable because there's so much time. Like there were times where you and I had a Ronadon on sit down and we had one. So we had one meeting and it was at ten thirty AM. You had to do the whole dog and pony show. Sometimes you had to get childcare lined up uh, so that you could drive you're talking to about the when, office. We, when we
0: weren't on a Zoom. You're right. T- right, to drive
1: to the office and sit down for one meeting. And then,
0: we, and then we had to feed the dogs and brush the ponies because it's a whole dog and pony show right. that it's we Right, dog bring. and
1: pony show. Yeah. And while it, there's something to be said for being in the, in the same room with somebody, I think that that's just so much more efficient. Uh, and I've even heard people like Seth Godin talk about the amount of times that he had to get on a plane. He had a big client. He had to get on a plane, fly to a different... Town or a different country, even to try to land this deal, uh, and your you know hotels, meals. Then you got to go through the big dinner afterward. There was this whole cultural thing that happened. He's like, now I can get on a Zoom call and see if the deal is there. I don't have to leave my house. And he's like, that is an incredible asset. If we can, if we can fix some of the inherent flaws with it that everybody's aware of, then I hope that that stays. I hope that that stays. The other thing I hope that stays is some workplaces going, maybe I don't need to micromanage every employee all the time. If I give people some autonomy, they will be productive. And so for forever, since the industrial revolution, the the line has been, if you're in management, watch everybody like a hawk. Put the screws to everybody. Get your butts in seats, nine to five. And if you stayed, you know, eight to six, even better. Uh, and what we're learning is, no, people will be productive if you trust them. And it doesn't mean that they're going to be butts in seats for those 40 hours. Maybe they have different hours they're going to work. But we've seen that you can trust people to to get the work done. And in fact, uh, the stats that I've seen, people have actually worked more the, now under COVID than they did when they were in the office. Part of it is what I just said, you don't have to make the drive you don't have to a lot of people don't have to take a, the shower and get dressed and spend a lot of time and energy thinking about all these other things that don't really matter
0: yeah and 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 I think it also makes like like my house that that I'm in right now i had my house set up for all the relatives and friends to come visit, and so I had these bedrooms and 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 the bedrooms had beds in them, and nobody came to visit <laughs> right right. Like I always had this romantic idea that if I if I build this house and I have all these bedrooms that my family will come see me, and they don't. They do, and it doesn't mean they don't love me. They just don't come see they me.
1: They might not love you, but uh, it doesn't yeah, mean family, that they love my you. My
0: family in the Midwest, especially because they've seen all the in their, in their mind's eye all the craziness that has happened here in Seattle with with, with things recently during COVID, they're like yeah, we were never going to come see you. And now we're really never going to come see you because if they have a weekend, they're like, Hey, we're going to go up to our cabin in Wisconsin and we're going to go snowmobiling versus going to see Dan, cousin Dan. And it doesn't mean they love me any less. So I I just, I looked at my home and I said, you know what? Gunner and I need a workout room. You know what? Ron and I need a place to record. You know what? I need an office. And so I've, I've gotten rid of all those beds and I'm like, I'm going to live in this house and I and, and talked through it with my therapist, which is crazy, right? But I, I I almost felt like I was dishonoring my family by getting rid of all these beds that they never came to stay in anyway. So I, ju- I look at this house differently now, and, and I live in it differently, and I have great appreciation uh, for this house that it can be a studio. I did the it.
1: same thing I had. I was dragging this couch bed through my life. Yeah. Uh, and I'd used it three times as a couch as a bed yeah um and it, it came i never liked that couch but i just had it i never liked the couch i know yeah it wasn't a great
0: couch the only one that liked the couch is when my son would come over and sleep on the couch whenever we would start recording our podcast so i, I got rid of that of couch on the couch
1: i love not having that couch around
0: it looks great without the couch you i see you on the zoom call and you look happier not having that couch thank around. you i am happier. you have a chair back <laughs> but i think the larger- in the larger chair
1: I do sit in that chair. Okay. The is larger that- thing that people have, have figured out is maybe the job that I'm in isn't the right job. Maybe the relationship I'm in is not the right relationship. Maybe my location is not the right location. We just sold a house out in Port Orchard where the people that bought it were tech people from Seattle and said, we're done living here. We want some space. We want to be gentlemen farmers. Like We want to be out there in the country. And I hope it's, everything they wanted and more.
0: They bought a cool house.
1: And they want to sit around the fire pit and 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 have a barbecue yeah. and not be stacked up in super dense living anymore. And good for them. Yeah. But that they came to that realization because of and partly because of the COVID.
0: Yeah. And and I think I I think as we get back on the freeways, we're we're in such a rush to get back on the freeways and 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 once you get out there and you get in real traffic again, especially if you're in the south end and you're trying to come north, you're just like, oh,
1: here it comes.
0: Oh, I forgot about these two hour waits sometimes. So anyway, I think it, I, I think if we can look at covid-19 and again, it's not in the rear view. We see half the states now where we see there could be a forced surge here and we're rushing to get people vaccinated. And we'll what will the vaccine do? Uh, concerning our kids, so and I, I and I, I'm a poster child here. I'm on ten different lists.
1: I didn't know you're on. You're a poster child. Congratulations. Yeah, and I and
0: and and I, I have had uh, healthcare providers contact me and 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 say when there's a possibility, we'll be in touch with you. But no one's been in touch. Right. And one of the reasons is they've just expanded it to my age category. And then on top of that, you have the Johnson and Johnson vaccine that people are concerned about now. And it looks like they hit pause. Uh, but with all that said, if, if you look at this, this life event, and I wanted to make sure that this stretched my, I always ask myself in, in being a dad, is this stretching my son or is this creating trauma for him? I don't want to create trauma for him, but I want him to be stretched. I want him to be uncomfortable. I want him to develop grit. I want him to have a work ethic. I want him to enjoy his boyhood and and to understand play and friends and the art of negotiation and being philanthropic. And when you make money, you give some, you save some, you spend some. So we're working on those things. And then we're also working on leverage in real estate. Ask him at 11 about uh, leverage in real estate.
1: How come one of the categories (laughs) is not to to take your your good pal Ron out for ice cream?
0: Hey, we'll take you next time. Anyway, I don't think Molly Moon's has enough ice cream for the three of us because we love it so much. We'll see you on the other side of this.
1: If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I have bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills, were um superior. Don came with Ron, he was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were gonna provide their services were it just made it easy. It was a lay down. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the on the offer date. Her over asking price. We did
0: amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better
1: experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on, you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had.
0: We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> We were all just jumping up and down.
1: They were passionate and they they were just honest and straightforward and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com.
0: Follow us on the social media platforms. to
1: search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. All
0: right, you guys. Welcome back to episode 251 of the Ron and Don Show. I was reading an article about Amazon, and we all know that Amazon workers are being invited back this fall to come back to the campus. We see this explosion of Amazon uh, throughout the state, even up at places like Arlington, where people are fearful they're going to rip that airport out. Put in a bigger one because Amazon's coming. Distribution centers everywhere. Uh, We talked about the fact that they're buying up old shopping centers all around the country. And we also know the big push right now uh, to do more business on, on the east side. And as we sit here, whenever we record, we just watch Amazon trucks go up and down the street. And I bet the same thing is happening in your neighborhood. This is what's interesting about this, though, is I notice when I order through Amazon Prime, I typically have a pretty good experience, uh, and the items I order typically come in pretty good. They're in pretty good shape. I was looking to buy a birthday present the other day, and I was able to buy it and get it wrapped. And they said they would send it in a box. That was just an Amazon box, so the person wouldn't know it was something special. Uh, they would just think it's another Amazon box. And 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 so I've been really pleased with that. What I noticed though during the pandemic is when I had to find someone on Amazon that and it wasn't covered by Amazon prime and I was dealing with a third party, not only many times do those items not come and they tell you that they, that they have the item it's on the truck, it's being shipped to you and at the you track it. And then at the last moment it doesn't show up. And then they tell you, well, it broke at the warehouse or whatever. And, and, and they're lying to you. That's a lie. Uh, and and I don't know who's behind that lie, if it's artificial intelligence that thinks it's okay to lie. Oh, I can explain this to you. But, but, but they are lying to you. And I shared the story before of trying to buy a bike four different times for my son. And I could buy them at a better price from these distributors, the same bike. But the bike never showed up. And finally, on the fourth time, I went, okay, I'm going with Amazon Prime. I'm going to pay more money. Uh, But that's how the bike ultimately ended up getting here. The other day I was looking to buy a bed uh, for one of my properties and they have these beds and boxes and the bed showed up. It wasn't an Amazon prime. It didn't show up on the day it was supposed to. And the box was completely wrecked and ripped apart. And somehow the delivery driver felt like it was okay to just throw it on my front porch in the, I have two different front porches, hard life for me. Right. But he leaves it on the front porch that was out in the driving rain, and he could have left it under the the, the Amazon Prime Porsche, where you see Amazon Prime drops things off. Anyway, what is going on here? Why am I getting a different level of service? And they say that there's a big fight now between a lot of these third parties out on Amazon uh, for all of our business, right? Well, in
1: days of yore, uh, Amazon controlled everything stem to stern. And then they had a crucial decision where they said, are we going to open up our platform to these third party vendors that we don't control? And they decided, yes, they're like, this will benefit us as a business uh, because there were some manufacturers, let's say in China, for instance, they're like, we can just ship this direct. Like why we, we don't need a we don't need a middleman anymore. And so um, what Amazon then has created this elaborate scheme that we don't have time to go into in this, in this segment. But what people are vying for is that Amazon recommends slot. So when I type in the two examples you gave, bicycle and bed, are not good categories. Let's say I'm typing in, I would like a waffle maker. There's going to be a listing that pops up that says Amazon's Preferred. So these third-party vendors, Don, if they can get that Amazon-approved uh, or the Amazon-recommended spot for the waffle iron, that, that makes or breaks your business. And if you get that, you know what I'm talking about, it has a little box that says Amazon above it. So in these mundane categories, like a waffle iron or a spatula or socks or whatever, just average everyday items, having that slot, the Amazon preferred slot, can be worth millions of dollars to a company. And if you're off of that front page, if you're off, if you have to scroll down, your business is dead. You got to be in the top two or three slots or get out of the category for Amazon. So what these third-party vendors have figured out is, okay, I'm going to go out and use every trick in the book to get my listing up to Amazon preferred. And so for instance, we could go, okay, um, Don and I are going to create these workout straps. So there's probably a thousand other companies that create those. We're going to take part of our budget and pay people to buy it, write us a five-star review, and then we're going to pay them more than what they paid for the workout straps. Right. And so, and we're not going to tell Amazon this, so we we launched Ron and Don's workout straps. We say, hey, Sally, buy these straps full price because Amazon can tell if it's a verified purchase. Give us a rating review and then send, email us your, re, your receipt. We're not going to pay for all of your strap. We're going to give you $20 on top of that. And so we start collecting these five-star reviews and we're working our way up the leaderboard. And then we see the identical strap that is $19.99, And we go, okay, we're going to go for 1850 and we're going to throw in a free water bottle. And so now we're the same strap. We got a hundred five star ratings. It's a dollar fifty less and they get the free water bottle. And now once we get that Amazon and, and none of those reviews were organic. We paid for every single one of them. And so now we get the Amazon preferred check. And I'm, I'm making up these metrics, but you get the point. Now we can ratchet it up a little bit. So now we, we got that check mark. Maybe we were losing money at 1850, but now that we got that check mark, the orders are rolling in. So now unbeknownst to everybody in the middle of the night, we're going to raise it to 1875 and then we go that for a month and we raise it to 1899 and then we raise it to 1925. And as long as we can keep that check mark, we are rolling. And so th- that's just one technique that people are doing. Now here's the interesting part. Amazon has an entire department called Amazon Basics. They have an algorithm set up that is watching all of this. And the second that Ron and Don exercise straps does a certain volume, Amazon Basics comes in and they go, oh, Ron and Don are moving a a container full of these every month from China. We're going to step in. We're going to charge $16 because we can order – 10 containers and now we're the amazon basics guess what goes into slot number one amazon basics bestseller amazon bestseller amazon bestseller and so now on these items across all cat like you can get amazon basic batteries you can get amazon basic like there's amazon basic stuff all over the map how did that happen the sales of the preferred slot reached the specific metric where Amazon said, we're going to step in and we're going to make socks. We're going to step in and we're going to make spatulas. We're going to step in and we're going to make exercise straps. And, and so it's a real game of cards. But if you can find that niche category, where it's you're doing enough volume to, for a mom-and-pop store to be the number one slot, but it's not so big that it, it, it tips over to where Amazon Basics gets on their radar. If you can live in that sweet spot in maybe three or four categories, then you're making a really good, like some people are making seven-figure incomes off of that. There's now a science in farming these categories and going into, because Amazon breaks everything down into like, uh, you know, outdoor and exercise, exercise. So there's all these categories, men's, women's, children's, boxing, cycling. And so if you can find these categories and you can see, oh, boy, running on exercise straps are moving a lot of product. We want to compete in that category. And if you have the supply chain to China or to a manufacturer, then you can own that category. There are companies, that's all they do is they go around and they try to own these niche categories like yo, There was a guy that did yoga mats where he's like, you know what? All the yoga mats are too thin for a big guy, and they're too short. So all he did is he went and he's like, I'm making a men's yoga mat. They're not going to be pink. They're going to be black, or they're going to be sports colors. They're going to be longer, and they're going to be thicker.
0: That's the one right on the floor. And that guy yeah.
1: made millions of dollars because he just owned that thing. Uh, that's part of what's going on. There's a bunch of other under handed techniques that happen but it's pretty it's it's yeah. an interesting thing we're not going to share live. those because we're trying to figure those out by the way buy our ron and on exercise straps <laughs> <laughs> i just saw them on your bike <laughs> and so that's why i i picked that up
0: uh, see you on the other side
1: let's get it done in 2021 with ron and don
0: All right, you guys, before we get out of here, episode 251, live from L.S. Schwab Studios. Don't forget, we're licensed brokers. If you need to get in touch with us, buying, selling, yeah, maybe you just need some exercise straps. Reach out to Ron. Ron at (laughs) Windermere.com. I'm Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. You wrote something pretty cool this week for the newsletter. If people want to get the newsletter, thousands of people are getting it. I think there's 6,000 people on the newsletter list. Uh, and you hear from us once a week on Wednesdays. So the podcast drops Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the newsletter, go to com, get signed up for it. And then, uh, it's not obnoxious where you hear from us five times a day, just uh, one time a week. I uh, will send you some of our thoughts. Yeah, we're
1: not going to have a couch that follows you around yeah, everywhere. So, you, uh, you, so I wrote this. I, that we're we're working with some buyers right now, and there's some pent up frustration uh, for buyers in the market. And so I think there, there's some myths that are emerging that people are, are grabbing onto, and part of it's fueled by the the uh, the big media, newspaper, and television around here because there are some sensational headlines that come out, being the number two real estate market in America. And so and let me just throw you these myths. You can read the whole article. It's on my Facebook page, but I want to get your take on these down. Cause I wrote some stuff down. I want to see what you think of these myths. Myth number one is that there's a bidding war on everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're finding the, the bidding war in, and we talked about this in last week's newsletter are on properties where you don't have to do a thing. You just walk in and they're called turnkey properties or cream puff properties They hand you the keys, you set up your laptop, uh, you call the yard guy, so you have somebody else that's out there doing your yard, and you call the house cleaner, and you got someone cleaning your house and doing your yard, and you just walk in, and it's turnkey, and it's ready to go. You don't need to do a darn thing. You don't need to plant a tree. You don't need to paint a wall. It's turnkey because so many people are from other places that are moving here, and maybe they don't have connections with a painter, Or maybe they didn't want to take the time and do construction, or they understand that that the city of Seattle, try to get something built, especially during COVID, can be so complex and complicated. Building materials are three times what they cost a year ago. That's crazy. So if you were buying a lumber package for 10 grand, you might buy that same lumber package for 27. Grand. It's really crazy what's happening with that. So people are willing to pay more because they see their time, especially if you're in the tech world. You may see your put a dollar amount on what you think your time is worth. So someone in the tech world may think, hey, my time is worth $500 an hour or it's worth $1,000 an hour. And if I walk into a property where I have to spend a lot of time maintaining it or working on it, and I'm doing work that I'd pay somebody else $20, $25, $30 an hour for, It's not worth it to me to do this added work on a fixer or property that needs to have something done to it. So I'm going to find that turnkey. I'm going to find that cream puff. And then that's where we see the bidding wars and the escalation.
1: The the actual stat is 64% of all houses, residential in King County, were over asking price. So the, the rest were at or below. So myth number two we run into a lot is that I'm going to have to waive all my protections as a buyer, every contingency to quote unquote win a house.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to waive a lot of those contingencies, but, it, but it's important to understand the contingencies that you're waiving. And so, for instance, if you don't know a lot about homes and you're waiving the contingency to have an inspection done, I in, in this kind of market, I think that's crazy because what is happening and what's going to happen when people waive inspections is a number of years from now, they're going to turn around to sell these properties and find out some of these properties. Wow. This, and, and I'll tell you what's happened here in Seattle and people don't realize it. A third of the properties in Seattle, have, in my opinion, have some kind of damage from the Nisqually earthquake where the chimney turned and a lot of homes are anchored to the chimney. Or if you look down in a basement and you started pulling up some of the basement tile, maybe you'd see a, a pretty significant foundation crack. There is a lot of that. There's a lot of that, especially up in the U district. There's tons of that. And you don't know when when you waive those inspections. then what happens a year later or two years later, the real estate market calms down? People aren't waiving contingencies. They're having your property inspected, and then they're finding out lots of problems for the first time that you didn't know. So that's a real that's a real hard thing when you think about resale because always think about how am I going to exit this property? Have three strategies on how you will exit this property or how you will use that piece of property. Uh, in your real estate portfolio and really consider if you're going to waive a contingency, like an inspection, what that could mean down the road.
1: Myth number three. And then uh, we don't have to go through all five. Myth number three that we hear a lot is, is I need to have this huge down payment uh, in order to get a house in the Pacific Northwest?
0: Yeah, it really depends upon the program. So it depends on where you're at in your real estate journey. And if you're buying a house for the first time, that's different than somebody who's doing a 1031 exchange or you're buying an investment property or commercial property. So you're going to have to put more down on that, right? On commercial property, maybe 30%, depending on the bank and the loaning institution that you're dealing with. And what is your risk? Are you a W-2 employee versus a 1099? Uh, the people sitting on the other side of the table are interested in knowing that. Are you an entrepreneur? Or are you somebody that could, boom, you could lose your job tomorrow? And then how are you going to pay for this? So there's lots of different programs out there, and especially if somebody has served in the military, lots of different programs for you. And a lot of times when you see someone throw down a huge number uh, when it comes to escrow or down payment, Sometimes people are just showing off. Even all cash buyers typically really aren't all cash buyers. They have a credit line and and what they're going to do is buy that property they're going to probably waive some contingencies including the finance contingency and say hey we're all cash they're still going to send an appraiser and they're still going to chances are they're still going to finance that property because owning something outright owning 100% of it doesn't always make sense because you want to pull some of that money out and leverage that and use that in other places of your life whether it's to be uh, buy another property send your child to school college private whatever that is uh, maybe you need a second car because you just added a driver in the family. Uh, so you want to free up some of that money and some of that cash. If you're older, though, if you're older and you're concerned about even qualifying for a mortgage, then maybe it becomes important to you to own the property 100% outright. And uh, we see that sometimes with some of our older buyers.
1: So uh, there's a bunch of myths going on. There's more in the article that you can read, I think, uh, to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. Between Don and myself and all the, the stuff that we've done over the years, I think we are good strategists when it comes to this and dispelling myths. I, we had a conversation this week in a Ronadon sit-down where this couple was like, there's nothing available where we want to live. And it's like I pulled up the MLS. I was like, yeah, there is. So either your expectations need to change or what you're believing about the market isn't true. And so we sort of worked on that and got into the nitty gritty and figured out what it was. But sometimes the story that we're telling is is just not true because we haven't got success yet.
0: Yeah, when you start hearing that buyers are exhausted, that's when you jump in. That's when you jump in. Because sometimes they are exhausted. And that's where you have an opportunity. Spring break rolls around. Shop during spring break. Summertime rolls around, go shopping during the summertime. Holidays roll around and people aren't paying attention. I bought a house last year. We bought a house last year on Thanksgiving Day because nobody was paying attention. The realtor was up snowboarding and he wanted to keep snowboarding. And I said, Hey, we're going to come early. We're throwing down this amount of money and you should sell us this house. And he did because that way he could keep skiing and snowboarding through the weekend. So, realtors on the other side are real people too, they take vacations. And a lot of times when they have listings and they're over in Maui and they're not paying attention, they'll just do the deal to get it done. So you, you have to know that. And you have to have realtors that are willing to work through the course of the week, on the weekends, uh, into the evening, and at the same time have some important boundaries too. So which uh, I'm still learning about. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for listening to episode 251, you guys. It means the world to us. Thanks for giving us great lives. Thanks to everyone who has trusted us to be their licensed realtor in the great state of Washington this year. Uh, We've done a lot of deals with you guys and we're gonna do a lot more. And it is just an honor, an absolute honor to go to work and negotiate on your behalf, like we've been doing all morning long for someone in the Ronadon Nation. In fact, we're doing that for two people uh, today. Okay. If you need us, reach out, ronadonsitdown.com, write us direct, ron at Don o'neill at windermere.com. Until next time, as I said, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you right here on the Ronadon Radio Network. All right, on the Ronadon Radio Network. I almost forgot to say that.
1: Hey, thanks for listening
0: to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage.
1: Ah! I'm not doing (laughs) that.